If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. When we read uh, Timothy's letters, we have always got to remember we have a, I'm going to say an older man talking to a younger man. We have a senior minister talking to junior. I don't like those terms, but it's the quickest way to communicate what Timothy's letters are about. Very practical, very helpful. And although to be true, I've got to say, these are words from one minister to another. They apply to all Christians. And I hope this evening what we're going to share will encourage you and will strengthen you and you'll go home feeling better because of the Word of God being shared with you. So that's a privilege. I'm going to read to you from 2 Timothy and chapter 2. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Endure hardship like a good soldier of Christ. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive the share of the crop. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying, if we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign. If we disown him, he will disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. I need to pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Even reading it does us good. Knowing this is your word, it's God-breathed. And even just that reading has encouraged myself and I'm hopefully others. And Lord, as we spend some moments now looking at it, trying to understand a little bit more about it, we pray that you'll speak to us. My prayer for this congregation and those who are listening online is that what Paul asked for Timothy might happen to us, that we might be strengthened. Amen. Amen. This is a, a, a lovely portion of scripture. Um, it begins with the relationship between Paul and Timothy. You then, my son. And so coming out of this Paul's heart is his relationship with Timothy. You then, my son. He wasn't his natural son, but in the Lord he was his spiritual father. They had been in the ministry together. They had shared a lot of Timothy's training as it was taking place now with him. And so before we move into what's said, we've got to realise that this is coming from a relationship of love and of care. You then, my son. Every pastor that ministers in this church has that same, hopefully, relationship with the congregation. You are our children in one sense, not obviously, but you are our responsibility. And out of our hearts wants to flow ministry that will strengthen you and encourage you. The Christian life is not easy. If you're finding the Christian life easy, you want to thank the Lord. I find there are challenges every day 
where I have to die to self and live to Christ. And so, as we look at this, I just hope that you might in some way be strengthened. So, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So, we're not looking for our strength to come from each other, although there is encouragement in fellowship. We're not looking for encouragement to come um, from um, some mind set. Our thoughts are coming from that it is in Christ Jesus. First question I must ask you is, if you're not in Christ Jesus, our prayer is that tonight, before the service is over, you will be. Ephesians 6.10 says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So again and again, the scriptures are saying to the Christian, be strong in the Lord. Now friends, if that wasn't needed, the Holy Spirit wouldn't have put it there. Isn't it encouraging to God knows how weak we feel at times, how inadequate we feel, and he comes with verses of scripture that says, be strong. I'm not imagining everyone in this room this evening or online is in need of this message. But I'll tell you what, I'd listen to it and I'd put it in your back pocket because one day you might need it. One day when things become difficult, when you're facing challenges and things are very difficult, you might say, do you know, I remember a verse. Well, it's in Timothy, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Paul then goes on to paint three pictures for Timothy to help illustrate different aspects of the Christian life. The first one is this, he says in verse 3, endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. First of all, endure. So there is an acknowledgement straight away that in the Christian life, we may not always be singing, dancing, and clapping our hands. Our prayer is that will be the experience, but there are times when we have to endure. I think of our brothers and sisters around the world who are suffering for the fact that they belong to Christ. They are enduring, and we applaud them for what they do, their stand they are taking for Christ. So endure hardship. There's an acknowledgement there are times when in ministry, particularly in the ministry in the New Testament, when hardship was very much part of the calling. And then he says, with us. Timothy, you're not on your own. Timothy, you might imagine that the Christian life's difficult. Let me say, Timothy, endure it with us. You're not alone. Those who serve Christ. And today I'm feeling strong and I encourage you. Tomorrow I need encouragement. But that encouragement is there for each one of us. And so as I've said, he says, endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. So that's his first picture. We're to think of ourselves as soldiers. Now, there's no way we can think of this in a militaristic way. But so Paul comes out and he highlights what side or what part of the military would be important. He says there, endure hardship um, as a soldier, pardon me. Um, I've lost it, here we are. And it says there, endure hardship like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. So we're not in the Elam army. We're not in the Kensington Temple army. We're in the army of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, like a good soldier endured. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. So that's the first danger that Paul highlights to Timothy. Timothy, be strong in the Lord. Now think of yourself as a soldier. You mustn't get involved in civilian affairs. Realize that being a soldier of Jesus is the number one priority. Let me change it for you. 
that being a disciple of Jesus is the number one priority. And doing a bit of reading, I have a very old set of commentaries, which I won't mention they are, what they are, because anything clever I say comes from these books. You know, and, and, uh, and there was a little bit in Latin. Now, I didn't do Latin in my school. In fact, I didn't do very much in my school at all. And there was actually a law, I didn't know this, there was a law that soldiers were not allowed to have part-time jobs. I didn't know that till yesterday. I didn't know that. There was a law. So when Paul says to him, do not get involved in civilian affairs, he was actually quoting the law. Of either it was Greek or Roman, I'm not quite sure. But that was the law. So Paul was using this secular rule, this secular law, to say to the Christians, we need to be focused. There's no good being a soldier of Christ and having a part-time job. And when there is a battle, when there is a war, you're not available because you're busy doing something else. And he's telling Timothy, Timothy, be strong. Be encouraged. Now, you're a soldier. Keep your focus. Most car accidents, I'm told, are because we are distracted. We see something and the car in front stops and there you know the rest of it. Okay? It's the distractions. We're looking away. We don't see the lights change. We're, we're looking. We're fiddling with the radio. I know you wouldn't use your phone. Unless it's hands-free. But they even say that is a distraction. And it's the distraction. And Paul's saying, listen, avoid accidents. Keep focus, Timothy. This is a serious matter. You're a soldier for Christ. It's a matter for soldiers of life and death. So he's raising the bar for Timothy. He says, Timothy, you're a soldier. Do not get involved in civilian affairs. Why? Because the soldier wants to please his commanding officer. And our commanding officer is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there are Christians in our lives who we would honour and we would respect. But let me tell you this. I am not living the Christian life for anyone else but the Lord Jesus Christ. If it's not for him, I can't do it. And so he says we want to please the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep focused, keep going. It's hard, it's in due times we will endure, but at the end of the day, we're doing it to please our commanding officer, who is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He moves on and he comes to a second picture. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. Well, that's simple. The Olympic Games were very much a part of the Roman world that Paul was in. And it was very simple. If you were involved in athletic games, you had to keep the rules. And if you didn't keep the rules, you didn't get the crown. Now, I assume the crown would have been maybe the laurel wreath that they would have used. And you don't keep the rules, you don't get it. You see, friends, our salvation is not at stake here. I'm not talking about losing the race and losing your salvation. I'm talking about losing your crown. Your salvation is safe in Christ. But am I going to run the race? Am I going to keep to the rules? Now, keeping rules is what many of us thought we had to do to become a Christian. But no, no, we keep the rules. Now we are a Christian because they are Christ's rules. They are Christ's words. I'd like to confess to you now. Do you like it when pastors confess? Don't write anything down. It's not that good. Years ago... Um, I joined something uh, 
in, I live in a, a suburb of Derby called Micklover, and in the local school, there was a sort of night school thing, and there was something called fitness in sport. Now, you can tell how long ago it was by the laughter then. And I joined this group called Fitness in Sport. Now, obviously, I've not been for a week or two. Look, remember, this was years ago. And I went to this group, and it was quite good. We did some circuit training when I was younger. Circuit training, we played a bit of basketball. And then I used to hate summer because we'd go outside and we would run. The great thing about basketball is you don't have to run around a lot, do you? Well, I didn't, anyway. And um, circuit training, I could come. But we used to run around, and it was at a school, and we would run around the outside of the school playing fields as a sort of a track. I was terrible. I, I couldn't run. I can sprint if I'm being chased. And I run even faster when there's more of the one chasing me. So we were running there, and um, little did I know that some of the young people from the Derby Youth Group um, went to the school of the man who ran this from another school. And somehow they found out I was in this course, that I was the minister, etc. And they, 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 they gave me a nickname, which I will not give you, because if I do, it will remain with me till Jesus comes. In fact, I think it could continue with some of you after that event. So we're running round the track, and I feel embarrassed. They're getting further and further ahead of me. We started off as a group, and slowly the distance got longer and longer. And I don't want sympathy till I was on my own. Oh, thank you. Don't visit me if I'm ill, will you? And it got on, and the, the, the teacher, his name was Ken Kent, he said to me, Gordon, why don't you cut across the middle and catch them up? <laughs> How humiliating. But do you know what was worse? I did it. <laughs> I think I got there first. But I didn't, because I didn't keep to the rules. The lecturer, the teacher, the trainer, took sympathy on me. I didn't think he wanted to do any resuscitation on me, so he thought this is the safest way. But it looked like I won. It looked like, hey, fellas, I got there first, you see? And uh, I hadn't, because I hadn't kept to the rules. Can I just say this? There are no shortcuts in the Christian life. If anybody is whispering in your ear, take a shortcut, it's the enemy. It ain't, it ain't your friend. Oh, it doesn't matter. Happened in the Garden of Eden. Did God say, take a shortcut? No. And Paul says, Timothy, if you want the crown, if you want at the end of your ministry to meet the Lord Jesus Christ at the beam of seat judgment and to stand there with your head held high, keep the rules. You're a soldier, endure. You're an athlete, keep the rules. Now, that can be difficult. 
But let me tell you, friend, make that your goal. Don't cut across the middle. Don't take a shortcut. Even if somebody else suggests it, you keep running. And even if you run slower than the rest, as long as you get there and you've kept the rules, there's a crown waiting for you. Right, moving on. There was one, third, one more picture. He says in verse 6, the hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Now, again, this cuts across a lot of thinking in, in some areas. I'll try and, and navigate this. Paul is saying endurance is part of the Christian life. Keeping the rules is part of the Christian life. And thirdly, hard work. It's part. Paul, Timothy, you're going to be in the ministry. It's not easy. It's going to be difficult. You're going to have to work hard. And the same goes for the ministry, and it goes for the Christian life. Sometimes we have to just get up and get on with it and live for Jesus. This morning, you've, pardon me, this evening, you've come to church. I am sure around four o'clock you thought, I could do with staying home tonight. And then you thought, well, maybe RT's preaching. And then you got here. <laughs> and you thought, I wish I stayed home tonight. <laughs> no, sometimes it's hard work. But it's the right thing to do. Sometimes we have to forgive people we don't want to forgive. And it's hard work. But we do it because of Christ and his example to us. So three pictures. Timothy... Be a good soldier, endure hardship. Timothy, be a good athlete, keep to the rules. Timothy, it's going to involve hard work, but there is fruit and reward at the end of it. Now that's a big challenge. With each picture, I think the bar seems to go higher and higher. So you might be thinking, oh, Gordon, I came to church, I needed some encouragement. And I just feel so, ooh, I've got to endure, I've got to run, I've got to keep the rules, I've got to work hard. Yes, but it's worth it. It's worth it. And let me explain why it's worth it. Um, Paul says in verse 7, reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into this. So we need to think about these things, and we're trying to do that this evening. Then he comes in with what I believe is his, the encouragement that he needs. What do you say to Timothy? What do you say to Christians in Kensington Temple on a, a what, March, March, is it? We still March, is it? A March evening. Very simple. You say this, remember. Where do I get my inspiration from to live for Christ? It's by remembering. And Paul comes to Timothy and says, Timothy, you can be the soldier, you can be the athlete, you can be the farmer, but let me tell you, you'll only do it if you do this. Remember Jesus Christ. And so when you feel discouraged, don't remember this sermon, remember Jesus Christ. When you find yourself in hospital, remember Jesus Christ. Now, it's very important that I, I spend a moment here, because Paul changes his words here. Throughout the epistle, he's talking about Christ Jesus. Chapter 1, verses 1, 2, 9, verse 10, verse 13, 2, 1, 3. Uh, you know, uh, even before we get here, seven times Paul says Christ Jesus. 
But in this verse, he goes, Jesus Christ. Now, when something like that happens, I get a bit curious. Do you know, I just, I hope you love your Bible. I hope you love your Bible. And something like this just, and I'm trying to think, well, why? Why would he change it? Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus. I mean, we were checking it out, and that's allowed. And suddenly he says, Jesus Christ. And I'd like to put forward my thoughts. If you differ, or any of the pastors differ, they're right, I'm wrong. But I'm right. No, no, that's a joke. That was a joke. He says there, the reason I think he said Jesus, I think what Paul was saying to Timothy, I want you first of all to remember Jesus' manhood. So he didn't start off with Christ, which I'll deal with in a second. He started off with Jesus, his name. Now, Jesus was a very ordinary name. His root was in Joshua, you know the term. People would call their children Jesus. Today, I think it's only Brazilian footballers that do that. But normally, people don't do that uh, in that sense. But he starts off with saying, remember, Timothy, when you're finding it tough, when you have to get up tomorrow morning, go to work, you're on the tube or the bus, and you know your boss is going to be in a bad mood on a Monday, what do we do? Remember Jesus, that he was a man, that he had to get up and go to work, that he had family responsibilities when his father died, to look, his earthly father died, pardon me, to look after his mother Mary and the other children, took over the family business. He knows about that. He wept at Lazarus's um, great tears were known to him he wept over Jerusalem remember Jesus the man Jesus got hungry Jesus got tired Jesus was disappointed Jesus bled and died I often am not too happy with the thought that Jesus only became a man so he would die no he became a man that he might live our life and that when we are asked to do things, when we are encouraged to go forward and we're having to endure and we're having to run and we're having to work on the farm and we're doing all that he asks us to do, we can remember that he knows what it's about. Isn't it good? Now, I've got to shock you now. I don't know what it is to have a baby. Amazing. You'd think being on the national leadership team, I would have been able to have a child by now. But, you know... I don't know what it's like. And the ladies say, I mean, I've got a frozen shoulder. I think it's, labour's a bit like that, I think. Is it? Oh, frozen Anyway, that was supposed to be humorous. And all the women that had a bad labour are looking at me now saying, I was enjoying this till now. But he comes and he, he knows, he understands. So Timothy... Jesus the man. I have no problem with talking about Jesus the man. I can remember being taught that Jesus was 100% man, 100% God. You say the maths don't work out. No, they don't work out. Paul called it the mystery of godliness. God and man together in Christ. Greater minds than mine would have to expound that and help you understand that. So he said... I want you to remember Jesus. I want you to remember he was a man. Secondly, remember Jesus Christ. Now, that speaks not of his manhood, but of his messiahship. Jesus was the messiah. He was man and God. 
So when, Timothy, you're finding it difficult, when friends, sons, daughters in Christ, when you're finding it difficult, remember Jesus knows what it's like. Remember he's the Son of God, therefore he has the power to come and help you. Now I can sympathize with anybody, and I hope I'm a sympathetic person, I don't know, others will have to judge. And I will sit with people and say, I'm ever so sorry to hear this. Oh dear, that's awful. I can't do anything about it. But God, because Jesus was not only a man and he understood what it was to suffer, what it was to go through, but because he was God, he can do something about it. He can come close and encourage us and bless us and help us. And the greatest thing he ever did was when you were in trouble with what were you going to do with your sins, you gave them to him and he forgave you. The Messiah. You see, people... I will sympathize with people, but there's nothing I can do to help them. Let me tell you, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Jesus, the man, Messiah. Moving quickly on, you're listening very well. He then says, raised from the dead. So we've got to remember that he was a man. We've got to remember he was God. We've got to remember raised from the dead. In other words, he didn't have to mention he died because, this is, because you don't rise until you're dead. You got that one, haven't you? Right. He says, I want you to remember the resurrection. I want you to remember the resurrection. Timothy, you know, congregation, when you're on that bus tomorrow going to work, when you've got to get that piece of work done, and it's just, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead. When you're sitting in the doctors waiting for the results of that test, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Let me tell you, friends, because he lives, we shall live also. Whatever life might throw at us, the antidote, without any doubt, I stand here, and if you want to contradict me, you can, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When I put my problems next to the resurrection, my problems shrink. Because if the greatest enemy is death, and death has no part in me, what on earth am I going on about? That isn't to diminish the pain you're in. That isn't to diminish the challenges you face. This is not a triumphant man who's saying to you, oh, forget your problems, Jesus rose from the dead. What he's saying is, when you're in your problems, and you're in your illnesses, and you're at that graveside, and the one you loved has gone, remember Jesus Christ, the man, God, raised from the dead. Because he lives, we shall live also. So Jesus, his manhood, Christ, his messiahship, raised from the dead was his mission. Many say Jesus came to die. Yes, but he came to rise again as well. For if Christ be not raised, we are of all men most miserable. In other words, what was it about? We're just a sect of the Jewish sect of some sort. But because Christ is risen. You see... We're not in competition with any other gods in this world because there are no other gods in this world. We are not in competition with any other lords in this world. There is only one Lord, he's named the Lord Jesus Christ. There is only one God, our Father which art in heaven. And we are encouraged in this. So Timothy, when it gets tough, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead. And then I'm watching the clock, you're ever so patient. I mean, I'm, I'm saying that, but I'm still going to go on. Okay. He says they're descended from David. Now, I think that's out of place, personally. Yep, Jesus, manhood, Christ, messiahship, raised from the dead, mission. 
throne in that's descended from David. I've got to say, if I was writing this, I wouldn't have put that there. And that's why God didn't let me write it. Because he wanted it there. So why this sudden reference to David? It seemed a little bit out of way. We all know about David's failures, etc. My place isn't here to advertise his sin, that's for certain. He says, descended from David. Well, first of all, I think why he put it there, he wanted to remind Timothy, and I would like to remind you, that God is, sorry, that God has a plan. Jesus was of the line of David. You remember the Bethlehem? And so I think, first of all, he's saying to Timothy, Timothy, when everything seems to go wrong, there seems to be confusion everywhere. Remember Jesus Christ descended from David. In other words, Jesus wasn't a surprise. Jesus wasn't a, an idea. It didn't just sort of happen. It was part of God's great plan. And when you and I find ourselves in difficulty, we have to remember that Jesus Christ descended from David. He is part of God's great plan and if God keeps his plans with regards to David and his throne, he'll keep his plans towards his throne for the Lord Jesus Christ. I think there is a connection here also, descending from David, that we realise that in that line, God had a plan. Even on the cross, Jesus was still of the lineage of David is part of it. He was chosen by God, David, put on his throne, and David reigned. Okay, so when we come to the next verses, it says there, here is a trustworthy saying, verse 11, if we die with him, we shall also live with him, his death, his resurrection. If we endure the soldier, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithful, if we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot deny himself. And the verse I'm putting there, if we endure, we shall also reign with him. So the throne of David was occupied by Jesus, and Jesus is enthroned, and because he reigns, we shall reign also. Now, my wife says I talk to people like they're daft. You understood that, didn't you? David's throne, prophetic of Messiah. Jesus sits on that throne now. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And because Jesus reigns, not David, David's well gone. Because Jesus reigns, we shall reign also. That's our goal. Our goal is to reign with Christ. Reign in this life, but also reign with him in the future when Christ returns. There are rewards in heaven. We are not all going to be the same in heaven. As one star differeth from another in glory, so shall we differ. Our goal this evening isn't just to cross the line. Let's get into heaven. No, let's live our Christian lives. Let's endure Let's pray, let's witness, let's worship, let's give and find ourselves in that place. Let's work hard like the farmer. Let's keep the rules. Why? Because if we endure, we shall reign with him. Do you know, we have a great future. A great future. My school didn't think I had a future. 
The principal of the Bible college, his wife didn't think I had a future. But let me tell you now, I have a future. My future is the Lord Jesus Christ. From Monday to Sunday, the Lord Jesus Christ. When I'm having to keep the rules, when I'm a hard-working farmer, when I'm doing this, when I'm finding the Christian life is that challenge, and I'm looking for some inspiration, I remember him who died for me. I remember him who rose for me. I remember him who's coming for me. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. Because he is coming back. And when this mortal shall put on immortality, this corruption will put on incorruption. To speed it up and let you get home, when we see him, it will be worth it all. May I just quote again? Sons and daughters, sons and daughters, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You don't merit it. Why should God strengthen you? He strengthens you because he is a gracious God. Grace, unmerited favour. We don't deserve it. I wasn't worth saving the night I got saved. I'm not worth saving tonight. And I won't be worth saving tomorrow. I have to fall back on his grace and his mercy. And from that mercy, I gain strength to seek to live for him. Be encouraged, won't you? Be encouraged.